All right. Uh, welcome to the Road Not Taken podcast. I'm Paul Capuano, your host, uh, here with my co-host, Benjamin Rostano. So, Ben, you're live. If you have anything you want to say, now's the time. I'm ready for an hour of uh, entertaining discussion. Well, hopefully it doesn't run an hour. Uh, you know, they say that the attention span of the modern adult is 20 minutes, and that's usually if they're listening to something interesting. So at our rate, we might have uh, 15 minutes, give or take. Um, I can't believe you're already... Uh, disparaging our 20 plus listeners. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> 20 plus. All right. Uh, we can only hope. Uh, all right. So we have a bunch of stuff to talk. I'm being very liberal with the numbers there, but that's true. All right. So we haven't been back uh, in a while. I know that I've had a very busy summer um, and I know that you have uh, as well. Anything interesting happened that uh, is of note in my personal life? Are you saying, I don't know. You or go on vacation. Did you have fun or was it just, you know, slogging through the summer? I've been to some sports uh, events. I went to a New York Red Bulls game, my first pro soccer match. That Ooh. was very fun. Well, you beat me. I highly recommend it to anyone who likes to watch soccer. I've never been to one. Uh, it, you know, it was in New Jersey and uh, for the New York Red Bulls, which is kind of strange because it's a New York team. Uh, but for a stadium that only held 25,000 people, it was far louder than a stadium that could hold twice as many people. Because I went to Yankee Stadium earlier this year, and it was nowhere, no, no way near as loud as uh, the Red Bull Stadium. Now, do they play in Yankee Stadium? No, they don't. They play outside. Do they play? Uh, what's this? Do you they know what play, the name is? They play in like Harrison, New Jersey. Uh, not Harrison. Um, okay, so I just wanted to make sure it wasn't the same. Prudential Center. It's like it's near. Okay, Prudential yeah, that's where the Devils play. play. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the thing is, uh, if you're going to a Yankees game, it's like a cultural, like a social experience where you have a lot of people who aren't diehard fans just, you know, going to games. Whereas if you're going to a soccer game, it's probably because you're a pretty diehard soccer fan. Like, I think that the the percentage of people in the crowd, like their enthusiasm level for what was going on is probably a little bit higher. Uh, that'll change in the playoffs. But, you know, I mean, you when I, I went to a Knicks game, uh, over the summer as well, or not the summer, uh, before the end of last, it was last year. And there's just like people who like, you know, were speaking like Spanish who were like all touristy that I think just came into the city and wanted to, you know, like go to a Knicks game. Uh, so, you know, that's not all diehard fans in the arena. Um, but yeah, so we haven't, uh, this is kind of our, our big reintroduction, uh, at, with the coming of fall comes the road, not taking podcast. But yeah, I, I, there's a few topics that happened. We're going to cover some things that, you know, may have happened, uh, you know, over the course of the summer, you know, not in like the last week or so. Um, so I think we can start off probably with one of the big pieces of world news, which is uh, the situation going on in the UK with Brexit. Um, so do you have any thoughts about this? Uh, most recently, just to refresh your memory, if uh, our listeners haven't been keeping up that closely with international news, um, the British people had voted in a very hotly contested referendum to leave the European Union, which is what the collection of most of the countries of Europe uh, are part of. It guarantees things like uh, free trade between nations uh, in some some sectors of the trade market. Uh, a lot of times there's free movement of peoples accompanied with that. Uh, it's, it, it's not exactly the same thing as the way that states form in a country, like New York's relation to New Jersey, but it's similar to that. Um, so the British people decided that they wanted to leave the European Union um, and the parliament's been having a very hard time figuring out how best to uh, accomplish that. Uh, there have been calls for another referendum, so to revote on whether or not the British people want to leave the EU. Uh, and there are a couple possibilities. Uh, if they do leave the EU, uh, they could leave with a deal, which would be they would negotiate with the European Union for trade rights and other, uh, other things they would be losing. So they'd have to negotiate over what the going, uh, what the going rate for you know, trade, like tariffs, that kind of thing. So you don't have an all uh, like an out and out trade war, uh, or if they don't get a deal done with the European Union, uh, they leave by the deadline with no deal whatsoever, which could potentially be disastrous for the British economy in the short term. Uh, so, you have any thoughts about what's going on? Well, I do find it interesting that just a few days ago, um, but earlier this week, uh, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of England, who just came into office uh, in July, I believe, at the end of July. Right. Uh, he he asked the Queen um, 
to end the parliamentary session. So I think that has, I don't know, that has some, that would have a huge effect on what's going on. And he, he, you know, he has some very strange ideas. People call him like Britain's Donald Trump. Uh, I think it's the hair. Yeah, he's, I don't know, he's a very interesting character and he has, I I didn't follow, I wasn't following this whole situation until probably the end of August, so I don't really have a great deal to say on it, so. Sure, I think basically uh, the the options here and are, uh, and, and, Parliament's rejected Brexit deal, so I think what happened was uh, Boris Johnson was worried that he wouldn't be able to get Parliament all on the same page, uh, you, you know, with how they're going to proceed with Brexit. So he just asked the Queen to like dissolve the session, uh, which is startlingly similar to uh, King Charles the uh, Second. I believe it was the second, maybe it was the first, but during the English Civil War in the in the days leading up to that, where he was just like, "Oh, I don't like what Parliament's going to say. I'm going to dissolve Parliament." The difference is that it's the prime minister like asking for like the legislature. It's yeah, there are some parallels there, um, and you know I think it's probably you know not a good thing, right? Like you're basically saying, hey, like can we just stop the legislature from functioning the way that it should be under the laws of Britain? That would be like if Donald Trump, uh, like shut down Congress like on his own. It was like, well, I don't like what you're gonna do, so you guys don't get to meet and make laws anymore. I think that's a little bit troubling. Um, but I think, you know, I think yeah, it's a very totalitarian move. Right make. now, bear in mind, he's asking, so it's, he's not like a dictator cause he doesn't have the actual power to do that. And I don't think the queen will, uh, but it'll be very interesting. Uh, basically it's going to be really bad for the, the UK in the short term, because even if they do leave with the deal, uh, as soon as they, they left and they, and or at least as in these negotiations, the European union is not saying, Hey, we're going to give the UK a great deal. They're like, you're leaving, you know, basically like, screw you. We're going to, you know, like this is hardball negotiation. So if they do have a deal, it's probably not going to be as cushy as the arrangement that they currently have with the EU as a member of the EU. Uh, And if they Uh leave with no deal, I mean, you know, there are so many products that British people, you know, consume that come from other countries that it's very easy to see, you know, the British economy tanking. Um, Now, the, the flip side of that is if they are able to come through that period, they they are independent. They aren't shackled to the resolutions and the laws that the EU passes. Um, but you know, they say uh, what's is it, is it what was the phrase? I think it was it's the economy stupid uh, that was used in American politics. And I think that you know with uh, with the way Britain's about to go, the people are going to be looking at the economy, and it's very very easy to imagine the basically socialist Labour Party in Britain taking control of Britain given how the conservatives have kind of bungled this. Um, but any last thoughts on Brexit before we move on to our next topic? I'm ready to move on. All right. Well, and uh, that's how it should be. I mean, we're America. We seceded for a reason. Uh, forget the British. So um, the attitude. in other news, yeah, I know, uh, David Koch died. And some people will say his name, David Koch, and that's not the way to say it. You're wrong. Um and it's, it's David Coke, as in Coca-Cola. Um, he is one half of the partnership known as the Coke Brothers. Um, so David, uh, as well as his brother, uh, Charles, were huge donors. Uh, they were some of the richest men in America. And uh, David Coke had struggled with cancer, and he'd been in some poor health in recent days, and that finally took him. Um, but the, what I wanted, the reason that I, I, we're talking about this is not just so we can you know, talk about David Coke for, you know, for no reason. Uh, it's because a lot of the response in the media has been to highlight, uh, in a very passing fashion, his philanth- philanthropic accomplishments and his service to others, and they go right to the fact that he was a political donor for libertarian and conservative slash Republican causes, and that's you know that's fine if you want to talk about that, right? That you know politics is a big part of American life. Uh, but in addition to that, a lot of response on social media and from what you hear from people who uh, have political views that you know are not the same as the Koch brothers, uh, there's been an incredible amount of hate. I think uh, I've seen a lot of people, you know, wishing like that, you know, the other brother that that Charles would die. You know, they they say things like, you know, burn in hell, uh, you know, evil person. And there there's a sentiment going around that the Koch brothers are, you know, were bad people, and that you know they were they were morally uh, heinous and 
I, I just I don't think that's accurate. So I wanted to take a little bit uh, and talk about the Koch brothers and, and maybe clear the record up a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, I've what I just discovered uh, very recently is that uh, David Koch actually donated a hundred million uh, in two thousand seven to create a cancer research institute at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, mm. um, and gave to other mm. uh, cancer research institutes like uh, John Johns Hopkins University and Sloan Kettering and oh. others, and you know. While we may have our, you know, grievances and uh, disagreements with the Koch brothers, as there are many, um, you know, just because we disagree with someone politically doesn't mean it, it doesn't make them an evil person. We can't just, we, you know, in, in the 21st century, especially in 2019, we base everything like we base our friendships on political views. Like we, we can't be friends with someone because they share a different political view or, and, and I don't think that's a good way to live, live your life. It's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So I, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just do a quick rundown of some of the things that, that the Koch brothers have funded over the years. Um, and I, you know, I'm not trying to deny that they've made, uh, you know, a, a ton of campaign contributions to political, uh, you know, right-leaning politicians. But here's just a list of some of the uh, the more altruistic stuff that they've done. So they donated $10 million to establish a food allergy institute at Mount Sinai Medical Center, uh, which was to help, uh, you know, figure out cures and work on food allergies that people have. Um, they donated $20 million to Johns Hopkins University, uh, which created a cancer research center. Uh, they donated $20 million to the American Museum of Natural History. Uh, and specifically, he has the dinosaur wing of that museum named after him uh, for the donation. But if you ever go go to the Museum of Natural History, uh, that was you know partially funded by the Koch brothers. Um, they donated $26.2 million to a hospital, uh, the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York, um, which you know I think the name explains itself. It's a hospital for special types of surgery. They donated $27 million, just under, to the MD Anderson Cancer Center, which looked at different types of cancer research. They donated $35 million to the, the National Museum of Natural History at the Smithsonian. They donated $65 million to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. They donated $66.7 million to the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. They donated $100 million to help uh, build the Lincoln Center, uh, which is specifically the New York State Theater, uh, where a lot of famous musicians musicians perform. And they donated $100 million to New York Presbyterian Hospital, which helped build an ambulatory care center. They also gave another $28 million to help the hospital in other areas. And then uh, the ones I believe that you mentioned before, uh, they donated $150 million to create the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, as well as $185 million to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, which we would know as MIT, uh, which helped fund cancer research, a child care center, a biology building, and helped uh, start up the School of Chemical Engineering. So that was a really long list of stuff. And I think that that exemplifies some of the things that the Koch brothers cared about, specifically David Koch. Uh, he was somebody who suffered from cancer, and he didn't want other people to suffer from that. Uh, and he poured a lot of his his funds into you know rectifying uh, medical problems that people have, as also uh, as well as you know supporting the arts, so museums, uh, musicians, uh, theaters, venues. Um, so you know you can disagree with his politics. You can say that he funded politicians that you know helped pass policies that people on the left, uh, you know, don't really like, uh, you know, but to, to brand somebody like that, who's put that much money into charitable causes, I think, uh, miss misunderstands him and also isn't a fair understanding. I mean, a after you die, if you want, if you wanted people just to talk about the bad things that you did or the things that they didn't like, uh, I think that's something that most people wouldn't, wouldn't want to have happen to them. And, you know, that's, that's why I wanted to talk about this now. Um, you know, with that said, 
may, you know, come to your own conclusions, but at least be aware of, uh, of what David Koch did for the community. All right. So, uh, a bunch of stuff's been happening in sports right now. Um, I think the two main things we'll talk about are, uh, are the NFL because football is back. It's always a great time of year. And then we'll also talk about Team USA underperforming, to say the least, at the, uh, the FIBA World Cup uh, basketball tournament. Uh, so let's, let's actually start with the, uh, with the World Cup. We'll save our football analysis and predictions for a few minutes from now. Uh, any thoughts on Team USA with an admittedly depleted roster um, being defeated by France and then by Serbia over a span of a couple days? Uh, well, you know, France, I really want to say that the U.S. should have beaten them, but if you look at their team, they have Rudy Gobert, the defensive player of the year, and your boy Frank from That's the right. New York Knicks. They have they had the Stifle Tower and the French Prince. Yes, and oh, and Nick Batum, I forgot I about know. him. He's still good. Yes, well, Nick Batum is kind of overrated, in my opinion. Uh, well, that's actually that's not a hot well, take. He that's gets a pretty way too much. That's a okay. that's a pretty accurate take. Yeah, you know, you you're not overstepping. You're good. You're good. We we'll, well, we have well, known. Here's the thing. While, while in an NBA conversation, you would say no one ever t- really talks about Nick Batum, but the only time they actually talk about him is when they talk about his salary, and That's that true. is because he is grossly overpaid. Well, he, he makes more than who else uh, are the Hornets going to pay? Guard. What is his pay? No, who else are they going to pay? They have nobody. They might as well just let him have the money. They have Terry Rozier now. Michael Jordan needs to sell the team. He was he was the a great player, but his team is a mess. They let Kemba Walker go in the offseason to the Celtics, and they they overpaid Terry Rozier, who I like. I like Terry Rozier, but they I lose Kemba. Well. They threw like sixty five million dollars over. I think it was three years at Rozier, who was a backup point guard who has like never been a starter except for that brief run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um. And they have nobody. They have uh, like all these like white power forwards that can like kind of shoot, but can't defend and can't run. <laughs> they're like they're like they're like when you when you go play pickup, and there's like that old guy who like trips and then like throws out his back and and has a cramp in his leg and can't get up. That's basically they're a bunch of like very very weak players. They have Batum, and I think they have the. The the person who was once Tony Parker but is now not Tony Parker because he's so old and decrepit that even calling him Tony Parker is just an insult to to the legend that he was for such a long time. Um, yeah, and they have Rozier. They have nobody, uh, and their their books are terrible. They have they're paying people for like the next like three or four years. They're gonna have no cap space, and they're in Charlotte. Nobody wants to play in Charlotte. Nobody's saying, "Oh my goodness, I you know I the bright lights of Charlotte." Like, no, they talk about New York, they talk about L.A., they talk about Chicago. Maybe if they're really weird, they, they say they want to go to Boston. But nobody says they want to go to Charlotte. Um, anyway, Michael Jordan should sell the team, uh, and he should sell it to somebody who's willing to you know hire actually competent uh, front office. But I digress. Um, yeah, so thoughts. I think the French were a good team, right? Uh, and here's the thing, right? The two best players on Team USA were Kemba Walker and Donovan Mitchell, right? Uh, yeah, undoubtedly. All right. Frank Nielakina uh, guarded Kemba, and Kemba had 10 points. Like, you know, people are like, oh, Frank's trash. Oh, he's, he's no good. He can't shoot. They're right. He's terrible on offense. Uh, he, bear in mind, he's very, very young, and he hadn't played in, in the United States before. He's going up against these, like, AAU scoring machines that just came out of, like, Kentucky. But... He's a really good defender, and he locked down Kemba. Kemba could not score on him. In fact, if you look at, I think it was the last four minutes of that game, Team USA scored five points over the last four minutes. And you know who scored well, seven points? a lot of three shots. Do you know who scored seven points? Frank Nielakina. He outscored all of Team USA for the last four minutes. Anyway. Sorry, this is just our, this is my yeah, Frank Nielakina rant. They started jacking up threes because they have a lot of sh- good shooters. And they weren't hitting their shots. They had Joe Harris. Well, I'm not sure if I would call Jason Tatum a good shooter. I what? Sorry, I just said that to annoy you. That is, I am I am in shock. 
like what? Jason Tatum. He, he, he okay, Jalen Brown, I could say, isn't the greatest shooter, but... Jalen Brown know, is better than Jason Tatum. I would take Jalen Brown than, first. J- Jalen Brown is a I better fit for a team. He plays defense, he's switchable. Tatum is just kind of like... I'm going to like jack threes and contested twos from the wing because that's what Kobe told me to do instead of like dunking on people like he he's athletic enough. This is like a criminal misuse of his talent. But... Uh, we can talk Are you about saying that's Greg Popovich's fault. No, or? I'm saying it's whoever's coaching him on the Celtics's fault. Uh, but we can we oh. can talk about the failures, the inevitable failures of Jason Tatum uh, in December when the Celtics are have a 500 record and their team's falling apart because Ennis Cantor. I like their how you center. say that, and yet it, had he been drafted by the Knicks, this would be a completely different uh, conversation. Ah, but 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 you know who was drafted by the New York Knicks that year? Uh, that was Chris Depps for Zingas. No. No, what am I saying? Frank Nielakina. Oh, Mitchell. The legend. Oh, Frank. That was the same year, because Fultz went one, right? Because remember, Philly traded up. Fultz one, ball two, um, mm-hmm. uh, Tatum three, right? It, and then yep. fourth was Jonathan Isaac, and fifth was um, De'Aaron Fox, who might actually be the best player of that whole class. Probably. And then... Sixth was Mo Bamba. Seventh was Dennis Smith Jr., who's also on the Knicks right now. And eighth was Frank Nielakina. And then at 13th was Donovan Mitchell, who uh, might be the second best player out of that draft class. But anyway. Um, yeah, so I think basically the Team USA stunk. None of the big stars wanted to play for him. LeBron didn't want to play. Uh, Anthony Davis didn't want to play. I think those guys will try to play for the Olympics, but basically they were running out like Miles Turner. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know, those guys are good, but the strength of Team USA has never been in playing well as a team. It's been like, we're just better than you, so we'll beat teams that play well and flow. And when you get put up against guys who are actually just as good as you, like Serbia with Djokic and uh, and Bielica and Bogdan Bogdanovic, um, when you have guys that are actually good and can also like flow well and play together, that's when you're going to run into problems. So that's what happened to Team USA. Um, any other thoughts about the state of the state of U.S. basketball or anything that happened there? You're saying NBA basketball in general or USA? Oh, I just meant about, I don't know, like maybe both. I don't know. Has the NBA failed USA basketball? Like what? I mean, Anthony Davis just doesn't want to play. Uh, now, wasn't Paul George hurt? the The team never really had a player that was a leader. Like look at the lineup. Like the, the roster, it had Kemba. These are all great players, but none of them are team leaders. They had Kemba. Uh, Wait, you're, you're telling Brown, you're telling me that Harrison Joe Harris Barnes. that Joe Harris can't lead a team? I'm being sarcastic. But, Go ahead. I, yeah, I was going to say I, for a sec, I couldn't even hear the sarcasm in your voice, but I was assuming it's there had to be some kind of yeah, Joe Harris, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan. These are all great players, but none of them are qualified to lead a team. And that's why none of these players have won an NBA championship except Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Barnes Harrison Barnes did. But he won yeah, on a he, he won on a stacked Warriors. He was like that's like me yeah. being on a team with NBA players and us winning a championship and then claiming that I was part of the reason why they won. It would be like, no, it was like actually in spite of you, uh, or at best you were baggage. Like that's Harrison Barnes. Uh well, I wouldn't necessarily call Harrison Barnes baggage because. Yeah, that's true. But I, well, but here's the thing: he wasn't as good when he was on the Warriors. He got better. Uh, he he was like kind of like he I, he wasn't as good. But you know that that actually reminds me: Patrick Ewing doesn't have an NBA championship ring, and Harrison Barnes yeah. does. Shouldn't that make you angry? That an all-time a top fifty player in, in league history and one of the greatest players to play for the New York Knicks has less rings than Harrison Barnes, who basically is going to be known for being overpaid and then like shooting high-volume, low-efficiency numbers. Now, no, I, because you're a Knicks fan, you see that injustice, but it, because you're a Knicks fan, it also blinds you to the greater injustices in NBA basketball. The fact that Frank Nielakina isn't heralded as a, as a leader among men who will uh, be an all-defensive player of the year candidate for the next seven years. 
I, all I'm saying is some people I, want. I, anyway, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Allen Iverson didn't win an NBA championship. That's I don't, that's also I, an injustice. Ewing is not nearly as good as Iverson. Yes. What are you talking about? If I was building a team, I'd want a center who can defend, hit high post fadeaways in an era where like no centers had range. Is a team leader. I he could like score from anywhere inside the paint. Like his the only thing you could criticize him for was like the penchant to like not be able to like finish off somebody in the playoffs. Like he didn't have that like Kobe mentality. Allen Iverson couldn't defend anybody to save his life. He I mean, first of all, he didn't have the like he didn't care enough, right? And second of all, he's like his record he's so short that he couldn't defend anybody. They just dunk over him. 2000, 2001, 2002. The steals record? He had... Kyle, steals, Kyle yeah. Korver racks up steals. Because here's what happens. You don't guard the guy. He drives right by you, and you kind of poke at the ball, and then you'll get a steal sometimes. Like, that's not... Like, Kawhi Leonard How never leads the league in steals. solid statistic? I'm saying that stats lie. If the guy's short and can't guard anybody, and then you're like, but the steal rate was good. Maybe it means that he's a swiper. He swipes from the sides. He doesn't keep his feet in front of the guy. Here's the thing. Allen Iverson may have been slightly better given his like gamesmanship and like his alpha scoring mentality, but he does nothing else better than Patrick Ewing. You know, if, if I, I don't even know what to say. If Allen Iverson wasn't playing against Jordan at his peak, Allen Iverson was playing against like, well, I guess he was playing against David Robinson and, and Tim Duncan, but that's not the point. The point he played in the late nineties against, uh, an older Michael Jordan. But. No, 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 no. He was coming into the league at that time. He he got the feast on like these early two thousands teams. I mean, the Detroit Pistons won a title in 04. Like it, it wasn't like the NBA wasn't what it was when Patrick Ewing was playing. Ewing had to go through. He had to go through Reggie Miller and the Pacers in the East. He had to go through D- Michael Jordan and the Bulls, one of the greatest teams of all time. He had to go through the Detroit Pistons, and he had to go through the Celtics just to get out of the East. Who did Allen Iverson have to play? Nobody. Like the only he like people in the East. I know, but he wasn't in the East when all those guys were. Like he. Okay, true. That he he played he a much weaker conference. Lakers. This is like saying that like a center now in the East would like be better. Like none of these teams are as good as those '90s teams were. Right? It's the same thing. Like Allen Iverson. I'm I'm not saying he's overrated, but I'm saying since he's cool, people underestimate that. I would 100 times out of 100. You're saying that. I would take Patrick uh, Ewing. To never win the, an NBA championship, Patrick Ewing would be higher on that list than Allen Iverson. I I agree. Here's the thing: if if I were to, if I were starting a franchise, if it was like I want this guy in my team, right? If we're not playing street ball, I want Patrick Ewing. I mean, he didn't complain. Okay. He was even keeled. He wasn't like stepping over guys. And now, admittedly, he didn't have the crossover, but he had like integrity. He had leadership qualities. He played great defense. He was a great rebounder. He could score from you know anywhere except for like actually hitting a three. Although he did have a famous turnaround three uh, in the playoffs once. What does Allen Iverson do for you? Like he just racks up points. Like he's the equivalent of. It's like asking, would you rather have? Would you rather have? Here's the problem. There's no great centers in today's game that have the same. It would be like saying like, do you want Rudy Gobert or do you want well actually better Rudy Gobert? Um, it would be like saying, do you want Ruby, Rudy Gobert or, uh, Louis, 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 Louis Williams or Jamal Crawford? Like that's, it's the same thing. Like you want, you don't want the high vault, like the high volume shot taker who happens to be a great scorer. You want the guy who's going to do everything else for you than that. That's what I'm saying. I, I stand by this take. I, I will not, I will die You're on this hill. If you were starting a team, Okay. You if know, I if I were to pick a guy, again, I'd say I'm not saying that Patrick Ewing isn't a great player. He's one of the greatest. You have no evidence that know. Al Iverson is better, except he has a crossover. Like that's it. Like there's no other evidence. It's just kind of like, oh my goodness, he was great. Like I'm out here telling you all the things Patrick Ewing can do, and you're just like he carried a team to the NBA Finals once against like inferior opponents. Like that's all he has going for him, and he couldn't even win. He never won a title. I'd also like to point out that Charles Barkley and uh, Carl Malone never won NBA championships. Those guys are both better than Ewing. I'll admit that. And I would agree that they would be better than Allen Iverson. I, uh, I also agree with that. But anyway, I'm sorry. I just I have all this pent up 
like it's part of its anger that the Knicks never won a title in the nineties. It's also sadness that Patrick Ewing is overlooked in the annals of history. Um, it's just frustration that you'll ne- you know you'll never see your team succeed. You know, yeah, here's the thing: like the Knicks, the Knicks might. They, they, I'm not going to say this is they're not going to have a drought as long as like the Cubs or the Indians in baseball, but they could go a really long time without winning a title. Uh, luckily, Giannis is a free agent in two years, and he's coming to New York then. So we'll have we'll have him build around. Um, although this comes from the person who thought KD. I'd like to point out in past podcasts, maybe he didn't say it in podcast, but he said it. To I me. think he I did. I actually did say this. You did say it on the podcast. I did. That yeah. Makes it even better. Unfortunately for uh, me, Zion Williamson. He said that the Knicks would be drafting Zion Williamson. Uh, they didn't. Um, that wasn't their fault. Alert. They didn't get a chance. The lottery, the ping pong balls rolled against them. If 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 it was a perfect world, they would have gotten him because they had the best odds to get him. But anyway, yeah, uh, I know. I believe you also said that KD and Kyrie would be on the Knicks at this time this year. They would be uh, they would be getting ready for the season. I did say that. And, Unfortunately, uh, I couldn't foresee the fact that Kevin Durant broke his leg and the Knicks weren't as interested in him as they could be. That's all I'm gonna say. I think there was there was a point last year where Kevin Durant thought that he and Kyrie were going to the Knicks. I I firmly believe this in my mind. Like there there were there was a time when we had a realistic chance of getting them. Um, and I'd like to say this. I think this all goes back to the fact that the Knicks front office is perhaps one of the worst front offices of any NBA team I, for years. Probably my whole life, they've never really had a great front office. I mean, they had Phil Jackson, and he was one of the greats. And then he comes to the Knicks, and uh, yeah, he was things no really good. go downhill. They did. Well, that's part of the reason why Frank Nielakina is not getting a fair shake. It's because he was picked by Phil Jackson. They fired him, and nobody in the organization organization believes in him. They're like, "Who is this guy?" Like Phil Jackson drafted him. They're overlooking his greatness. But, um. Yeah, is that all we have about baseball? Just because I don't want this to become a Knicks podcast, which it could very, very easily become. Um, I, I say this as my Bernard King dunking on Larry Bird poster sits on my wall, um, <laughs> which I, it's one of my most prized possessions. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about football. So you have any uh, preliminary thoughts here? I think we'll do like let's maybe some predictions for like you know who's going to do well, like who's going to win the Super Bowl, or like you know who's going to be in the championship games. Uh, maybe like MVP and you know defensive player of the year odds that kind of thing. Um, but any thoughts about football being back before we kind of dive into those predictions? No, well, I'm excited to see my uh, Chiefs uh, continue to do well. I am sorry to see Tyreek Hill hurt, but at the same time, uh, if any of you know anything about Tyreek Hill, you probably know that he kind of deserved his injury. Uh, yeah, he's not a. He, he, He's not a role model, let's put it that way. No. Yeah, so... But Sammy Watkins had a huge game. It. He really stepped up. He's going to... I don't think they're going to miss a beat. Mahomes will just throw it to, to Watkins instead. Yes, and Watkins... I mean, I hate to go off on a hill... Uh, or a, uh, a Chiefs tangent here, but, you know, Watkins... People didn't even talk about him. You know, he played on the uh, Buffalo Bills, and I played fantasy last year, and I had him picked up, and he... You know, he didn't do the best, but he was a solid. He got me some points. I mean, nothing to you know write home about, but he's he was. I I knew that he would be a solid wide receiver, um, outside of fantasy, obviously. But right. uh, he has a chance yeah, to be a star then, now. And then the Chiefs picked him up. Right. Right. No, he's he's good. Uh, he I th- wasn't he a first rounder. He might have been like top twenty pick. I think. Um, I forget it was a while back, but he got hurt and then he was kind of a bust. And, and then once you have, uh, the best quarterback in the NFL throwing to him, uh, he looks pretty good. But then again, so would I, um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think the, probably the biggest story, I mean, hasn't it been Andrew Luck retiring? I mean, he just, uh, I that, would, well, you can say that, but I really think it's more, it's, it's Andrew Luck and Antonio Brown. Those are the two biggest stories. Uh, this year. Sorry, I completely blanked on Antonio Brown. Yeah. Why well, you <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, well I think let's uh, let's handle luck first cuz that's a little bit more serious and then we can talk about Antonio Brown. Um I mean the guy retired. I mean he's he's had concussions. He struggled with injuries his whole career. And he basically said, you know, like I'm done. I yeah, I can't do I can't keep coming back from injuries. 
uh, and he quit. And the Colts actually let him keep the money on his deal, which I, I think they could have avoided it because when you retire, you like lose the right to. Uh, it's like you don't keep getting paid if you retire. Otherwise, guys would just sign up for like a six-year deal and then retire and do nothing. Um, but I think they actually they let him keep the money, or they did something. They 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 did him a solid there. Um, but I know that some chief, some uh, Colts fans were kind of upset. It, it was it was a little surprising to me. Like I, I'm not a person. Like there are people nowadays who are always talking about how, um. They're like, whoa, you know, they're like, you know, when it, when somebody's like playing football and they they're holding out for more money, like Ezekiel Elliott was doing and Melvin Gordon is doing right now, they say, you know, they're like, man, you know, go get your money, like, yeah, I wouldn't play either. I need to protect my, you know, my my safety, and and they just like don't care about the teams, and and my point on, on those issues is like, well, you're under contract, you kind of have an obligation. You can't just like not play and be like, I want another deal once my deal's. Up. I I think that's a little bit underhanded, but you know. Even that, it's kind of like the, you feel bad for the Colts, right? Because like they find they have their quarterback, and they give him a huge deal, and they're ready to go, and then he just retires on them. Like they, they're going to be set back for maybe a decade. I, now they have to find their their quarterback of the future. It's not going to be Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know that, that that can be crushing for a franchise. Like they were Super Bowl contenders probably for the next eight years, and they're I mean they they'll be lucky to make the playoffs this year. I yeah I don't really foresee them doing that well uh, this season, but uh, yeah the, the Colts I feel bad for them, but you know he has to put his health first. He's not gonna he, you know he he doesn't want to die early like the rest of these great players that are coming out of the league. They they have a terrific career and then. They live ten years and then they had develop some kind of uh, brain disease or oh yeah CTE something like that. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's yeah. fair, but I don't know. I think you know, if I were the Texans, I'd be like thrilled right now because the uh, the the uh, what is it? The AFC are they in the South? I think it's the AFC South. Like they're, they're going to run that division. Um, although they, I think they lost to the Saints uh, week one, right? Um. Yeah, they lost to the Saints. I watched the end of that game. That was a really, really good game. Um, all right, yeah, so uh, how about Antonio Brown? I'll let you take the lead on that one. Antonio Brown, well, as many of you probably know, he's had some allegations raised against him. And uh, well, you're, Oh, you're going to start with that. I thought you were going to start with him uh, freezing off his toe in a cryogenic chamber. <laughs> or, or him uh, releasing footage of his coach... Uh, ha- a phone call that his coach had with him in a video that he put together on Instagram or about him well, demanding fair. to be released from the team only to sign with the Patriots within minutes, which makes me think that they already had a deal lined up under the table. Anyway, but go ahead with the, that uh, with is the undoubted. They, yeah, that undoubtedly they already had a deal set up and Antonio Brown always does what's best for Antonio Brown. He <laughs> never does what's best for other people. He is not considerate at all. He doesn't care about other people. He's a very calloused individual, uh, which is, for someone who's so calloused, he's very emotional, which is kind of strange, and has a lot of problems with, he, I don't know, he's, he seems to be a weak individual, you know, complaining to staff about little things like the helmet, so much has happened. He threatened to retire, summer. right? And he wanted like his like a specific type of helmet, or like he wanted to play in his old helmet. And then they like changed the rules to make the helmets more safe. And he was like, "I'll retire" or something. Like I don't know. He's a. Uh, I don't know how to describe him. I mean, he makes Odell Beckham Jr. look like a completely like non dramatic person, and that's really really hard to do if you know anything about Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And I, I do find it interesting the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is kind of strange from Antonio Brown, but the Cleveland Browns they they have they've been having a tendency to really pick up over the past let's say four or five years of picking up players that have a lot of whether it's emotional or mental or just uh, personality, just life pro- major life problems. If they pick. If someone let's, has a major life problem, the Browns will pick you up. Let's, Just look at let's run down the, the list. Let's run down the list. So we have Johnny Menzel. 
Johnny Manziel, yes. Josh Gordon. Uh, yes. Who it was has been suspended Odell. many times for drugs. They traded for Odell. Uh, they they signed uh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Hunt. They signed Kareem Hunt, who was like assaulted somebody earlier in the year, and they like don't he care about that. That was real while shocking. He, while she was on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw. I think I, didn't they have the video up? It was just like a. I think it, there may have been some defense, like she like had hit him first or something, but like that was just really. I I don't know what to say. Like I don't know why anybody would want to have this guy in the NFL. Um, and they already have Nick Chubb. They have a great running back. It's not like they really needed Kareem Hunt. They were just kind of like, yeah, we'll take him, which shows a surprising lack of uh, empathy, professionalism, awareness on the on the part of their front office. Um, Considering no one else in the league was willing to pick him up. Right. I mean, look, I mean, the Cowboys wouldn't pick him up, and the Cowboys, you know, pick up every guy who has uh, an assault on his record. Um, exactly. <clears throat> sorry. That's why they have such a great offensive line. Full disclosure, uh, I'm a Giants fan, but uh, I have to take a, at least one shot every time we talk about football at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, uh, even though I recall as of last week, uh, I believe they lost. <clears throat> they lost to the Cowboys, but everybody knew that was going to happen. Like, we can't win every matchup. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was just bad. This is not a good time to be a Giants fan. Uh, anyway, but we can talk about the draft later. I got my own issues with uh, with that strategy. But basically, right, the point, the Cleveland Browns, like the, like the New England Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys, will sign anybody. The only difference is the Patriots, they don't sign the problem. You become the problem once you're a Patriot. Um, but we could talk about that too. Have you seen, there, there's a meme going around, it's like match the, the New England Patriot to the violation. And I want it'll have like Aaron Hernandez, like Bill Belichick. Uh, it'll have Antonio Brown. Uh, it'll have uh, Tom Brady. And then it'll have like on the other side, like a bunch of needles, uh, a gun. Okay, I have... A, def- I have my prob- a deflated I have a football, that, the Spygate thing. Antonio Brown, the, the allegation was coming out. That what Antonio Brown supposedly did was prior, was years prior to him ever signing with the Patriots. That's true. That's true. But he's the sorry, he's the exception because he just signed with them. But I just meant like, you know, Belichick's out here spying on people with Spygate, uh, Tom Brady's uh, tampering with the balls in playoff games. Uh, Aaron Hernandez uh, killed somebody, um, and Robert Kraft was was. I don't even want to talk about what he was doing, but he's a very perverted and sad uh, shell of what he used to be. Um, but yeah, let's just say there's some there's some franchises that if you're a member of them, you uh, you you might not have the best track record in life, and uh, I don't know what can I say. If you're good at football, you can get away with a lot of things. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we do predictions? No, I, I'd like to jump right into predicting who is going to be the Super Bowl champion. Which, actually, as we all know, hold on, hold on, hold on, whoa, idea. whoa, hold on. We are not gonna, we're not gonna start with that. We're gonna start with division winners. <laughs> all right, we gotta, we gotta break this down here. So, in the AFC East, we have the Patriots, the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Um, so I'll go first. My pick is the Miami Dolphins. No, I'm joking. Uh, it's going to be the Patriots. <laughs> I don't think we need to. We need, do we need to talk about this further? Is any team going to uh, challenge no. the Patriots? It, hey, no. the Bills won their first game. It looks like they're going to be uh, taking over the AFC. Uh, just kidding. No, uh, of course it's the Patriots. There's and, no uh, discussion. Sam Darnold is out with uh, mono, uh, so the Jets' quarterback is going to be out a while. Um, yeah, no, the Patriots are going to win like they always do. Uh, next division, we have the AFC South, where we have the Texans with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and uh, uh, J.J. Watt on defense. We have the Jaguars, whose quarterback, Nick Foles, played in less than one game for them before getting hurt and being out for the season. Uh, they have a very good defense, and they also have... Uh, who's their running Fournette. back? Yeah, Leonard Fournette. Uh, we have the... Uh, oh, the Tennessee Titans, who, is there anybody good on that team? I think they won their first game, but I think it's a fluke that they won. They have uh, Marcus Mariota, um, and who's, yes, who's the other team in the South? mediocre team. Oh, and the Colts, right? Jacoby Brissett actually played well. Uh, T.Y. Hilton had a really good game, and they have, uh, they have Marlon Mack, who's a good running back. 
Um, yes, very so good. Who, who's your prediction to come out of the uh, to win the division, the FC South? I'm saying the Texans for sure. That's probably the consensus pick. I think I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it'll be the Colts, which I think that that contradicts really? that contradicts what I think I said earlier in this podcast when I said that it would be hard for them to make the playoffs. But I, you know, you need to have a few sleeper picks. I think I think they might be what Bill Simmons would call an Ewing theory team. Uh, are you familiar with that concept? I'm not. So an Ewing theory team is a theory that a when a team loses a player who's the star, the face of the franchise, has you know had some concerns about not being able to win, leaves the team. The theory is that the team might actually perform better once that guy is gone. And it's called the Ewing theory because um, this might have happened with Patrick yeah. Ewing, where he left. The, he I'm was always the pattern here, yeah. he was a star player who was never able to win a title. People were like, "Does he have the mentality to win?" Uh, you know, as much as I said, you know, he's a good leader and stuff. Like, you know, I mean, you know, he he couldn't finish games. Like, he was never gonna be the guy to like single handedly beat the Bulls in a playoff series. He left, and the Knicks actually weren't as bad as they as the as was anticipated. So my theory is that Andrew Luck, right, star player, paid a ton of money, has struggled with injuries, hasn't always been on the field, has never, I don't think, or almost never beaten the Patriots in the playoffs. I think that that, that his departure, their team might actually be surprisingly good. So I'm going to pick the Colts to come out of this. I think the Texans are probably the superior team, uh, but I'm picking the Colts. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if that. the uh, AFC North? That's a tough one to call. Uh, I think the only... I'm going with the Ravens, honestly. Yeah, they looked good. With Lamar Jackson. Lamar, and that defense, they have a... Uh, is it Earl 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 Thomas, I think? They got him from uh, the Seahawks. He's now on their, he's, he's, uh, on their defensive unit. Like They have a really good defense. Lamar Jackson's looking good. And uh, yeah, apparently he can throw, which nobody knew before now. Um... I don't know. I think everybody's off the ba- the the Browns a bandwagon after they lost. I, I think they could win. I mean, if Baker Mayfield can just like not throw interceptions, they're really good because they have Jarvis Landry, who's a very good receiver. They have uh, Odell Beckham, and they have uh, they have Nick Chubb, and they have the aforementioned Kareem Hunt coming back. And their defense is actually really good. They're, they're running out Miles um, Garrett, who was the number one overall pick. And then they're running him out next to Olivier Vernon, who is the Giants' best defensive player. And then I, I, I'm blanking on the uh, oh, and Sheldon Richardson, who was the Jets' best defensive player. Like they, they have this crazy defensive line. Um, I think I think they might be able to win, but honestly, I'm going to pick the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben is going to roll it back. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! You just said so. The Ravens and the Browns. And, and you're going to pick the Steelers. I'm going to pick the Steelers. They are another Ewing Theory team. They lost Le'Veon Bell. They lost uh, Antonio Brown. But you're forgetting they have Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner. Bam, replacements right there. Yes, but Juju has not been tested. Um, well, you know what? He's- you know what? These are predictions. I- I'm predicting that he's going to be really good. I stand by this. I think that... Now, bear in mind they got blown out by the Patriots, and I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC, but I think I think this is this division is going to be a dogfight, right? Like it's it's going to be close. There there are three very good teams, and the Bengals actually didn't do as bad against the Seahawks as as we thought they no, might. They didn't. Yeah, they they were they like they they were very close in that game. They some people say they they re, they looked like the better team in that match, but there's going to be three really good teams. It's going to be the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. One of them has to win, and I'm picking. I'm picking the Steelers. We'll see you back. Well, I'll see you in uh, in December, in January, and uh, I don't know. It's it's going to happen. I, I'm a believer. And now on to the AFC West. This oh, is this is this was a tough obviously one. Obviously, the Chiefs. So it's let's just let's knock things out. First of all, it's not going to be the Broncos. Um, Joe Flacco is not going to win any any division titles ever anymore. Um, the Chargers don't look bad, though. You know, well, let's get to the Chargers in a sec. What do you what do you think about the Raiders? I mean, they won their first game without Antonio Brown. 
Uh, they All have right. the they have this rookie, uh, Josh Jacobs, who's looking really good. Um, I, I don't think it's sustainable. I, th- I don't think they'll be that good, but um, they might not be as bad as we thought. We thought they were like going to be worst team in the league quality, and I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, yeah, I, I it, isn't it? It's going to be a Chiefs Chargers battle. I think the Chiefs are going to win it, but I would definitely. Expect, I mean, with their team, which is stacked as usual, it's it's going to be difficult for any one of those teams to sneak their way past them. And the only team I could possibly see trying to get past them is the Chargers in that division. I I know you're saying maybe the Raiders, but I don't know. Oh no, really no, see. no! I just meant they they might the Raider the Raiders might be like a five or six win team instead of like a one or two win team. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I think it. I mean, here's the thing: the Chargers, right? They lost their best defensive player, uh, or argue, maybe the best. But uh, what's it? Is it? Uh, is it? Was that Derwin James? I forget who his name was. But they lost their like star safety. Um, Melvin Gordon's holding out now. Austin Eckler has been a really good replacement, but like they don't have that talent there. And it seems like Keenan Allen gets hurt every other year. If he can stay healthy, they'll be fine. But here's the thing, though: the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. So they're also down people. I think this this might be closer. If you'd asked me if both squads were at full strength, I probably just to be a contrarian would have picked the I would have picked the Chargers just to be like, well, it's not going to be the Chiefs. I don't want to be like you know too, you know, go chalk there. But I think with all these injuries, I think we have to roll with the Chiefs. But I think I think the Chargers will be within two games of the Chiefs. It's not going to be a three game or larger lead for them. Sorry, your mic is breaking up. It's it's getting hard to hear you. Oh, sorry. I was saying that. Uh, I th- I think I don't. I think maximum the Chiefs win the division by two games or less. Okay. All right. I mean, I get that's a pretty solid prediction. Uh. All right. NFC. Um. NFC East. Redskins. Giants are both gonna be really bad. As much as I love the Giants, their their defense can't stop anybody. Uh, so although the Redskins were up seventeen, I believe against the Eagles, the Redskins have no quarterback. Their starting running back Darius Geis got hurt and is out for the foreseeable future. Their defense is good, but they're going to be going up against teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys, who have two out of the five best offensive lines that are equipped to stop defenses. They're not going to win the division. I, I'm I first of all I dislike the Redskins. I hate them, but they're they're one of my least favorite teams. They're like, they're like the the Toronto Blue Jays, where it's like they're not worthy of the special hatred that you reserve for like the Eagles and the Cowboys. There's just like this disinterest, like why are you even here, kind of feeling, and that's what that's how I feel about the Redskins. But who are you rolling with, Eagle, Eagles or Cowboys? It's a really hard pick, but I and I hate to say it, but I have a bad feeling it's going to be the Cowboys. They looked good against the Giants. They have uh, Zeke's back, and they're going to roll out a really good offensive line. Dak looked really good. Dak Prescott, their quarterback. Yes. And uh, Amari Cooper is looking really, really good. He was he couldn't catch passes on the Raiders, and then all of a sudden he goes to Dallas midseason last year and turns into a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I, I'm actually I'm picking the Eagles. Um. I'd rather have the Cowboys in the playoffs because I know they're going to choke rather than the Eagles, who I think actually can win. <laughs> the strength of the Eagles. Wait, 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 So if the Giants are out, who's your team? Who's your team? The Jets. The Jets or the Bills? Wait, you're... Yeah, I, I'm staying with. I'm rolling with New York. This is an upstate New York podcast, even though we don't really talk about upstate New York ever. But yeah, I got to roll with the 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 Jets or the Bills, like. Yeah, but the Jets play in New Jersey. I mean, they're not really even a New York team. Well, ne- neither are the Giants. They play in the same stadium. <laughs> exactly. That's not the point. The, the, they're a New York City team. The only reason their stadium isn't in New York is because New York City is just so amazing that they don't have room for the stadium. Um, They're a New York team. By the way, New Jersey isn't even in its own state. It's just a state for people who don't want to live in New York to live in New Jersey and try to avoid the taxes, even though the taxes are the same. Um, yeah, New Jersey is basically just a suburb of New York. I'm I'm saying this right now. It's like, and by the way, it's not a good suburb of New York. It's like the slightly weaker suburb. Like, 
the the drivers are slightly worse. The taxes are almost as bad. Um, and they don't have New York City. I mean, basically, it's uh, New Jersey is a colony of New York. That's how I'm going to put it. So any sports teams there that have the name New York on them are New York teams. Shots fired. Well, I, I feel confident in my, my ammunition. Um, yeah, I'm going to roll I with totally the Eagles. Support, uh, that opinion, by the way. Uh, the Eagles have a slightly better quarterback, and they just have like really good depth. Uh, they, they have like six running backs. They have like six wide receivers that can all step up. And I'm a believer in Carson Wentz if he can stay healthy. Uh, so I'll roll okay. with the Eagles. Um, who's next up on the list? Uh, NFC West. Okay. All right. So uh, we that's uh, Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams, and 49ers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the. I, I'm. I think I'm going with the Rams. Interesting. On this, they're trending down, in my opinion. They're they're a heavy. You think it's the, the 49ers? No, I think it's the Seahawks. Oh, you think it's the Seahawks? Okay. I'm rolling with Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson. Who last year people weren't even sure he'd be the starting running back. He was like a top twelve running back last year, and then the Pete Carroll was like, "Yeah, we're gonna actually throw the ball to him as a receiver too." Like he's really good. Their defense is just as good as ever. They they got Jadavian Clowney, one of the top ten defenders in the league, in a trade from the from the Texans. I, I they're they're I think they're the team to beat. I know the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, but if you, Jared Goff has not been able to throw well, like the the last during the playoffs last year, the end of the season last year, he didn't look that good last week. Uh, they they have three good receivers. They have Brandon Cooks. Um, Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup and Robert Woods have both been hurt part of the year. And uh, the, Todd Gurley has an, has arthritis in his right knee. Like that, that's not a, a, an injury that you can heal from. That's something where he's going to play, and you never know if he's going to have to not be if he's going to have to sit out a game because his knee's acting up. I mean, they're 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 what they're doing now is they're playing Gurley half the time and they're playing their backup running back half the time because they're trying to keep him fresh. Like there's no guarantee. Like they're, they're really, they're being cautious here. I mean, their defense is great, but I, I that offense, I have no faith in them. It's very easy to see one or two wide receivers get hurt. Goff as hasn't looked great the second half of the year. I mean, he, he gets scared in the pocket. He doesn't have as many receivers to throw to Todd Gurley ends up out for the season because of his knee issues. I, this is, there's a lot of risk there. Have I convinced you? I suppose, but I mean, Brandon Cooks is 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 a solid player. He's good. He's not going to get I, hurt. I don't know. The receivers on the Rams are just all solid receivers. Right. There's a lot of them. There's three. Yeah. I don't know. I think but, we, uh, we can write off the 49ers and the Cardinals. They're not winning. Yeah. I definitely the Cardinals, undoubtedly. But I, I mean, eh. the 49ers won the first team, but that's kind of not surprising. And then who else we got? We have uh, who's in the South? Is that the is that the Bears division? No, that's the that's the Panthers, Bucks, Saints, and and Falcons. And Falcons. This is a real tough division. There's no bad team here. It is, but the Panthers, I can, I I'm ruling them out honestly. Cam, Cam Newton looks hurt. I think he's hurt. Yeah, his he's shoulder. Two, he's taken two L's this early in the season, and uh, and they lost to the. Yeah, I think they're out. Even though I love Christian McCaffrey, if he's he, their team lives and dies by him, and he's not looking good now. Um, the Saints looked good. They they came back last second field goal to beat the Texans. Um, I might roll with them. Their defense is very good. Um, yeah, I think I am too. Their defense is really good. Alvin Kamara is a top five running back, and he can also catch passes. Michael Thomas is a top five receiver. Drew Brees is a top ten quarterback. Uh, there's what's not to like. Um, I feel like we should briefly mention the Bucks. Uh, their problem is Jam- Jameis Winston will throw for three touchdowns one night, and then throw for three interceptions the next one, and then get arrested in between. Um, and who's the other team there? Oh, the Falcons. Yeah, I Matt know, Ryan. Matt, point out their other big problem is they play in Tampa. That's uh, true. There's, they have no home field advantage. Nobody shows up to their games. Exactly. Um, as is the case with most teams in Florida. And then uh, 
I, the Falcons are, are going to be good. The problem is Julio Jones gets hurt a lot, and if they don't have him on the field, they're toast, and their defense can't stop anybody. Uh, I think we're, I'm rolling with the Saints. And then uh, who's in the – what's the other one? West oh, – oh, the North, the NFC North. So we'll, we'll run through this one quick. Uh, Lions, Bears, Packers, Vikings. Who's your pick? Going with the Vikings. Ooh. I know that's, you know. Dalvin Cook Rogers looked really healthy. good. If, he, if, if Cook stays healthy, they're going to be a real dangerous team. Yeah. All right. They have uh, their quarterback, Cousins, isn't that great, but they have uh, Thielen, Diggs, a wide receiver, and their defense is phenomenal. I, I'm going to roll. If I hadn't seen week one, I would have said the Chicago Bears because Whoa. their defense was great, but I can't pick them after that abysmal offensive showing. I'm gonna I have to roll with the Packers. Uh, this is something that people like smart NFL people would probably say the Vikings. But I think I'm gonna roll with Aaron Aaron Rodgers is calling his own plays now. Mike McCarthy's gone. Uh Devontae Adams is a is a top five receiver in the NFL. They don't even need to run the ball, but if they do they have Aaron Jones and their defense is, you know, it's not Bears quality, but it's good. It's good enough to keep them in games and then you just trust Aaron Rodgers. Um all right, so AFC title game. Who who do you think is going to be playing in the AFC title game, and who wins it? The top two teams. Uh, I, I know who you're going to say, by the way. But go ahead. It's going to be uh, Chiefs and Patriots. Are, Patriots or Texans? Rolling with the I Pats. Wanna see, I want to see Texans Chiefs, but I have a feeling it's going to be the Pats Chiefs, and I'm going. I'm rolling. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Chiefs. Interesting, interesting. Oh, that's 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 a good and one. And that's not just that's not just because I'm a Chiefs fan either. I really it, it has really has to do with what we saw last year. That's I really think that's they have true. a chance. You saw Mahomes figure out the Patriots' defense in the second half of that game. Like he he was yeah. much better. Like if he had an extra two quarters, I think the Chiefs would have won that. I'm going to go on a different route. I'm going to say the Chiefs and Texans meet in the divisional round, in the second round, and I'm going to say the Texans win because okay. their offense is almost as good and their defense is much better. So I think overall the Texans are more balanced team. And I think I think the Texans... Whew, this is tough. Texans, Pats. I don't know. I, 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 you could flip a coin here. I'm going to say... I think I have to. You have to take the Patriots until they lose. I mean, I it, this spoils my pick. I'm going to pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, but until they don't win, I think you just have to keep picking them. Like we have to. There once Tom Brady retires or looks looks really bad, then we can get off the the bandwagon. But you just I can't pick against them at this point. Um, yeah, it's tough. And uh, NFC, who's your picks? Yeah, this one's real tough. Um. Saints. Here's the problem: is the wild card teams are going to be good because you could have, you could have the Eagles and the Cowboys. You could have the Seahawks and the Rams. You could have the Packers and the Bears and the Vikings. You could have you know the Bucks. You could have the Saints. You could have the Falcons. You could have the Panthers. Even I, I'm going to say it's a Vikings Saints NFC Championship game because I think these are the best two teams in in the NFC. Uh, uh, even uh, yeah, I have to agree. I, I was gonna try to <clears throat> disagree, but I, I really can't. I think that really is how it's gonna turn out to be. And I think I, I'm gonna roll with the Saints in this one. I know that I know that Minnesota's defense is really good, but I just I there's just something about the Saints. I'm gonna say the Saints make it, and I think they will avenge their loss to the Rams on that controversial no call pass interference play. But I think they then get destroyed by the Patriots, and they 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 understand their place in the world, right? They can't complain anymore about last year, but they also, you know, they don't get a title. So I think that's how, that's how we're going to roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think that's, uh, is that everything we had planned? That's yeah, probably, I believe so. Yeah. We t- well, actually, uh, we're racking up just over an hour. I'll probably cut some of the dead time down, but, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about the uh, the Democratic debates. Uh, we're actually I'm going to have uh, one of our, our our special guests, our Democratic uh, primary correspondent, come on and talk about that. Hopefully next week, uh, we'll see if we can get him on. 
and uh, and we'll do an in-depth uh, coverage of that. Uh, ben and I, we, we were thinking about talking about it, but we figured just, you know, because they just happened recently, uh, you know, we'd wait, sit on it, think about things, and then, you know, have our conclusive, uh, in-depth, comprehensive coverage in the future. Um, we'll probably also talk about Disney Plus in the future because that's uh, – that's looking to that's shaping up to be a really 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 good streaming service. I actually I think Disney Plus might be the second or third after Netflix and Amazon in the power rankings if their shows are as good as as they appear to be. Um so we'll talk about that soon. Uh Ben, it was good having you. Um it's nice to be back podcasting, although hopefully the technical difficulties that plagued getting this podcast set up prior to uh prior to hearing our, our beautiful voices come over uh, come over into your headphones. Um, we spent a long time trying to get this podcast up and running. Um, as, as fun as it's been, I think, I think it's time for us to head out. Anything you want to say to our listeners? No, I look forward to next time and, and talking about all the new things that develop in the NFL and politics and everything in between. All right, sounds good. All right, we're good.